Welcome to the Athena Wellness Podcast, the show that invites you to take a seat around the community fire and listen to stories that inspire. I'm your host, Kathy Robinson, author, coach, and founder of Athena Wellness, a company that's dedicated to supporting you on your journey to live more wholeheartedly. Hello and welcome to episode 119. Thanks so much for joining me. We've got a great show on tap for you today that came about from a recent personal experience. But before we begin, I wanted to share that a few times a year, I accept new coaching clients. This episode is being released in March 2022, and I currently have a few spring spots available for my three-month coaching program. This program is perfect for you if you're transitioning out of a corporate career, looking to reinvent yourself at midlife, or are interested in optimizing your well-being. I'll put a link in the show notes to my services page where you can learn more about the three-month program, and if it piques your interest, you can book a no-obligation clarity call with me to determine if this program is right for you. Now let's talk about today's show. This episode is not about the pandemic per se. This is an episode about change. It's about, for better or worse, the transformation we've each experienced. We're not the same as we were in March 2020. Of course, that would have been true without the experience of a global pandemic. But I'm sensing a much deeper shift than our usual growth over a two-year period of time. Here's what got me thinking. A few weeks ago, a friend reached out to coordinate dinner at a new restaurant. My immediate reaction when I read the text was, no. My response was so visceral that it gave me pause. This was a group of good friends that I've missed. What's going on? The next day, I accepted the invitation, and the five of us did have dinner last week. It was the perfect night to dine al fresco. As we were getting settled at the table, one of my friends casually asked, What's new? It took me longer than usual to gather my thoughts to that simple question. After a long pause, I answered, Everything and nothing. She laughed and said, I know exactly what you mean. And that's what we'll be exploring today. We'll cover what it's been like to learn how to re-socialize, the positive impacts of time alone, and the path of mindful re-emergence. So sit back, take a nice long breath to ground yourself in presence, and let's get started. Learning to re-socialize. About 10 years ago, there was a commercial for Kingsford Charcoal where a man dressed in flannel pajamas and a parker stumbles into his neighbor's yard on a sunny spring day saying, Hey, what is this? What's going on? His neighbors gather around their barely recognizable friend and ask, Where have you been? The man in the parker tries to make sense of his absence by describing it. I was inside for so long. There was nothing no yard, no grill. It was white and cold. He continues to look confused as his friend explains, 
It was winter, buddy. It's just winter. As the explanation settles in, the man begins to smile. The commercial ends with another friend looking toward the barbecue grill, exclaiming, Someone get this man a burger! It's that kind of bewilderment that my friends, clients, and colleagues have been describing. This sense that our social muscles have atrophied after a few years of being asocial. The pandemic may have been a global event, but there are nearly 8 billion people on this planet, all of whom experienced the last two years in unique ways. But each of us was altered in some way to varying degrees. And there's little guidance in how to introduce our new selves in this new world, which can sometimes feel surreal and a little disorienting. It's no wonder we may feel a little awkward or out of sync when in social situations. We're out of practice, and we may notice our verbal recall is even a little slower as we return to our social activities. The word resocialization means to psychologically retrain a person so that he or she adapts to a new environment and conforms again to social norms and values. The term has been used to describe re-entry for those who have been out of, quote, normal society for a period of time, such as spending time in prison, on active military duty, or other situations where people are isolated from the broader population. While our experiences may not have been as extreme, our inner pieces have shifted, and they've done so without the constant social mirror to reflect these changes back to us. So it's been hard to determine exactly what has happened to us and where we are in the social scheme of things. It's hard to see just how we've grown. We just know we feel differently. The Positive Impact of Time Alone Over the last two years, some have found it hard to get alone time. And for some, it made them feel lonely. And for others, it was the first time they really got to experience solitude and loved it. I fall into the latter category. One of my favorite wellness practices was unexpectedly born out of the early days of lockdown. I made it a point to walk outside on the trails that are near my home each day. And I've kept up that practice each spring through fall and just took my first walk of 2022 today. It was glorious. In the past, I loved to hike with others, but my daily walks and hikes are mine alone by choice. It's a way for me to practice deep listening to the natural world and to myself. And in doing so, I find that I'm more sure-footed when the uncertainty of change swirls around me. The more I walk in silence, the more I trust the guidance I receive. And the more trustworthy the guidance the more faith I have in my next step. These walks rejuvenate me. Nature reminds me what I tend to forget in the day-to-day, that the world is perfect just as it is, and there's an underlying rhythm and seasonality to all life, including mine. These walks remind me to keep my senses acute and keep my perspective 
broad. They remind me to be present and to allow what is in this moment. Researchers have long pointed to the health benefits of silence. Breaks from hyperactivity and overstimulation can lower cortisol and blood pressure, while providing a foundation for better emotional regulation and mental focus. It also helps with deeper sleep, a feeling of calm, increased creativity, and a natural state of mindfulness. It's been said that those who are more comfortable in solitude are less lonely, and I can attest I have found merit in these findings in my own life throughout these last two stressful years. But the value of silence is even more profound. There's something quite enlivening when we give ourselves the gift of creating a space to connect with ourselves, to listen deeply, and to heed the internal guidance. This turns into a wellness practice when we can invest in our self-care to keep the channel to our soul open, set boundaries to protect the sacred space, and take good care not to override the insight we're gleaning. The more we follow these internal nudges, the more synchronicities and serendipities seem to come our way. The key is to take some action toward our insight even if they seem to make no logical sense. It's been my experience that when I get a strong gut feel, I'll receive all I need to make it a reality. I'm sure to do my due diligence to be able to trust the evidence that I collect along the way, which can sometimes be elusive, but it confirms that I'm going in the right direction. It also helps to track these aha moments. When I see a list of past examples where my gut feel was spot on, I can better recognize and rely on it. In turn, I learn to trust my own instincts and get better acquainted with my truest self. Silence and the absence of outside influence and expectation helps us strengthen the connection with our inner wisdom and insight, especially when we're moving against the cultural grain. When we mindfully shut out the virtual world, we can easily recognize and address the things that capture our attention, like unconscious scrolling and media use patterns. We realize that life continues and the world still turns, even without our constant vigilance. What a relief. While spending time in solitude can seem like a selfish act on the surface, its effects radiate outward. When we take the time to listen for and connect with our internal whispers, we recenter our heart, which has a positive impact on our personal, professional, and community relationships. You can create a simple practice to connect with silence with as little as five minutes, which is how I started. Currently, I have more scheduling flexibility. And here's what I do to build quiet time into my day, along with suggestions on how you can get started if you have less time than I do. Here's my practice. Once a day, usually mid-afternoon when the weather cooperates, I head out on a trail for at least 30 minutes, depending on my commitments for the day. I set the intention to take a curiosity walk and remain open to learning, exploration, and discovery. 
I have no set structure or agenda for my walks other than no technology, no news, texts, or emails. I may listen to an inspiring podcast or audiobook, and I do like to take pictures of what I discover. But mostly, I walk quietly and allow my mind to naturally process. I trust that I'll get whatever I need on that day. And regardless of outcome, I use the time to create space to receive useful guidance or answers, even when I don't know what questions I'm holding or what guidance I'm seeking. Suggestions for creating your practice. To get started, schedule your quiet time in pockets of small increments. You can try one of these. Rise early. The quiet time can be used for reflection, pausing, reading, observing, exercising, or mindfully sipping a cup of coffee, my favorite. You can meditate, visualize, or journal by taking a few minutes to breathe, gaze at a candle flame, set intentions, practice gratitude, let your mind wander, listen to the sounds around you, another favorite of mine, check in, or explore a question or situation. And you can also use mindless activities, such as turning your driving, showering, or household chores into quiet time. On the weekends or on days off, you may try things that take a bit more time to tap into more depth. You may choose to sit in a favorite spot or take a meditative walk, to get outdoors to hike, birdwatch, or stargaze, or doing something you love, such as taking photos, making art, or taking a road trip. Anything that relieves the daily grind and provides a break from the noise and busyness where there are no distractions, will do. Get creative on where you can be alone with your thoughts without your electronics. And this practice is productive as well. As educator and author Stephen Covey once said, only as we keep an open communication with our deep inner life will we have the wisdom to make effective choices. I find this to be true as I'm always more productive and energized after my walks. Giving ourselves a break from our noisy world and the space and time to be quietly present is a gift. It pays dividends on our health, mood, and relationships with ourselves and others, and it will always guide you in the right direction. The Path of Mindful Reemergence Thinking back to the visceral response I experienced When I received the dinner invitation from my friend, I can see it has something to do with the positive experience I've had with solitude. I think I'm holding on to this time because I can feel it coming to an end, and I'm trying to reconcile how to balance time with myself, my inner circle, and beyond. Having dinner with friends was a good first step, and we even made plans to do it again this month but I've turned down other invitations to things I used to love to do, like going to concerts and hopping on an airplane at a moment's notice. They're just not things that I want to do anymore, and it's surprising even to me. If you're feeling a little hesitant to socially re-engage after this long hiatus, here are some things to consider. 1. 
take it slowly. This will allow you to be selective when evaluating the invitations you receive and patient with yourself as you reestablish your social routines. 2. Practice in safe spaces. We've been hiding behind masks for years now, anonymously going about our business. Try connecting as you run your errands or commute to work. Be mindful to make eye contact, share a laugh, or ask a question to start a conversation with those you come in contact with throughout your day. 3. Gradually expand your social exposure. Meet up with a good friend to do an activity you love, reconnect with someone outside of your immediate circle, or make bigger plans for some point in the future as something to look forward to. 4. Honor your feelings and adjust accordingly. Acknowledge how you're feeling, which may change frequently, and exercise the degree of caution that feels right for you as you move from coping structures to one that supports living your life. Be mindful when reallocating your time and energy as social and professional circles open. 5. Give yourself what you need. Boundaries, time, encouragement, support, selective points of re-entry that you enjoy. Be mindful not to return to your pre-pandemic schedule if that no longer serves you. Honor your level of inclination to engage, move gradually and naturally, but challenge your edge and push yourself a bit if you feel like you're in a rut. Above all, be kind to yourself. Like any other path we walk in life, the terrain can be variable and complex. We have to gradually adjust our threat detectors that have been operating on high alert and relearn how to be together again while factoring in our time and energy, risk and reward. Give yourself permission to create a new way for yourself, a different way that works for you in your life today and honors your growth. Leverage all the positives you've experienced, such as the increased capacity of self-reliance and self-connection, along with new interests or activities you've discovered, such as new wellness protocols or time in nature. Whether it was conscious or not, we have collectively reflected on ourselves, our relationships, our work, our routines, and our lives. We've learned how to live with uncertainty and how to process difficult emotions. And we've pondered how to spend our precious time and with whom. 2022 is inviting us to engage with the world in a different way, one step at a time. It's about putting it all back together in a way that fits you. Keep taking good care, opt out as you feel, and stay flexible and engaged. We're on a path of reemergence, finding our way back to ourselves and each other again. And now it's time to metaphorically unmask and show who we've become by sharing our new story with the world. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know there are many ways you can spend your time. Thank you for choosing to spend it with me. Until our paths cross again, be kind to yourself and show your warrior spirit some love. If you know anyone who could benefit from today's episode, please pass it on. 
And many thanks for supporting the show by subscribing and leaving a review. It means a lot, and it helps others find their way to our circle. If you'd like to access the show notes, have a question you'd like addressed on a future episode, or would like a transcript of this episode, visit www.athenawellness.com slash podcast. Until next time, be well.